I'm Jeff Cook. And I'm TJ Wilson. And this is Around the Circle. I'm walking slowly. is a map of the human personality. It's a tool for navigating relationships, creates language for what motivates us and helps us look at the way we look at everything else. Most importantly, the Enneagram is a mirror because sometimes you need help seeing yourself. My name is Jeff Cook. I'm a philosopher in Greeley, Colorado, and with me is TJ Wilson, businessman, lover of theology, and Enneagram Ninja. Hello. My man. Hey. Today is double special. Ooh, goody. On the first side, we have the inimitable Camber Ross with us, who is one of the best Enneagram researchers in the world. Hey, yo. And second, Cambry and TJ, guess what? 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 This is our 100th episode. Oh. No way. We normally, I would time this sort of thing out and make it special. <laughs> sure. Didn't happen. I, it's, That's okay. It's fine. There's a lot of stuff going on right Spontaneity. Love it. <laughs> We've recorded way more than 100 episodes, and there are eight or nine that are just trash in a <laughs> vault somewhere. <laughs> TJ saves everything, yeah. so they exist. They exist, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bring them out, it. bonus features. <laughs> but today we're talking about the eights. So eights who have a lust for life, you get to enjoy our depthy party today as we talk to you about potentially being an eight. Congratulations. So that's where eights. we're at. Apparently, you're more important than everyone else. You get the 100th <laughs> episode. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty fitting, actually. <laughs> eights are special and worthy of our time. This is our intro into typing eights. So uh, before we get into that, well, as, actually, as we get into that, what what is something worth saying before we start typing folks who think they might be eights? Well, there's several things that uh, we need to talk about with eights, and we will talk about a lot of those things. But one of the really, really big ones is that um, there are an awful lot of female eights in the world. And there are an awful lot of female eights who were told throughout their childhood and adolescence that they were too much, that they were too intense, that their energy was bitchy or whatever, and, and... in general, female eights were told not to be that way, especially in our culture, especially in the church. Uh, so, yeah, if you come from a religious tradition, if if you come from that space and and you're a female listening to this, and you were ever told this is not the way that you were supposed to be, know that you're safe here. Let's start there. That's perfect. And then uh, one of the other big things is that uh, eightness, that a lot of the qualities of eightness are sort of held up in how males are supposed to be. And that's also just not true. Uh, so there's some things to, to really break down about, about eightness that we're going to talk a lot about. And good news for eights, eights generally are the easiest to type. Yes. And generally yeah. eights are very aware of who they are. Mm-hmm. And so as we talk through some of the things that characterize the inner life of eights, uh, it will very likely be the case that you'll see these in yourself immediately. So, yeah. And uh, people around you might see it in you, but you, there are people as well that can be like pretty shocked at finding out that somebody is an eight in their life if they have other really strong characteristics that are 
not so eight-ish. So it, it might be really obvious and it might not, I guess is what I'm getting at. Mm. I suppose it's the case there are a lot of folks out there who are listening who are not eights, but this was one of the types that really stood out to you. Mm -hmm. And so this, it may be the case that this podcast will be valuable in showing you that you're not an eight as much as it is helpful in showing people that they are. So Mm -hmm. let's get into this. We start with the question of happiness. It's a great good for us to look at how do each of the types find happiness? What are they really targeting? So Cambry. Uh, has a handful of quotes from eights about their inner life, and this is getting us rolling. Okay, so I compiled a list of motivations for type eight because Enneagram is all about motivation. I want to protect myself. I want to find my own course in life. I want to be in control of my own life and destiny. I want to be self-reliant. I want to prove my strength and resist weakness. I want to be important in my world. I want to dominate the environment so that it doesn't dominate me. I want to avoid being controlled or manipulated. I want to cover up all of my vulnerabilities so that I don't get hurt. I want justice and protection for others who need it. Very curt, very direct. This uh, ends up being how eights often communicate. What do you hear there, TJ? There's a lot of really good eight buzzwords in in those quotes. Uh, power, control, uh, vulnerability, weakness, weakness. Strength. Yeah, these are these are things that are sort of front and center for how eights uh, view the world and view their place in it. Um, so one of the big things is that eights walk into the room and and discern who has the power uh, that's that's they intuit that they they understand quickly how, who has the power in any given space and and that's that's part of that their main radar is who has the power and a little caveat as well a lot of people say that eights need to be in control that is not necessarily true Eights do not seek control necessarily, but they fear being controlled. Right. So if necessary, they will take control in order to not be controlled. Yeah. And and particularly also in unhealth, they will step yes. into places where they are the ones in control so that nobody is yeah. controlling them. Mm-hmm. That's what I heard at one point. There is on the positive side, strength, control, dominate. On the avoidance side, there was some language of not wanting to feel vulnerable. Mm. Both those things kind of go hand in hand, and one is kind of the, the opposite of that feeling of vulnerability is something that many eights avoid. Eights in the world often get what they want in a very common way. You got quotes on how eights get what they want? So this eight says, I am safety slash danger minded. I am always pursuing loving boundaries, clear expectations, and honest communication. I want authentic relationships and intentional community. Still a lot of strength there. Yeah. And it's spun in a very kind, gracious way, but it's direct. And there very. is and there is an aggressive energy there that may characterize a lot of eights. Do you got thoughts, Teach? Yeah, I like the I like how direct that was. And it sounded like there was sort of a, um, I like the juxtaposition of the words boundaries and loving. Loving boundaries is what that quote said. And there's, there's a sense there that, that it's, it's about, you know, creating, making sure that there's, 
you know, uh, appropriate and, 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 and good boundaries between you and me. But there's, there's a thing underneath it, like behind it, where it's like, unlike a lot of other types, eights have no problem creating those boundaries. And, and like that, that is an important thing to know about eights and to know about yourself. If you are an eight, you have no problem creating boundaries and you may say loving with it and you may mean that, but that means something very different to a lot of the rest of us because we don't have the same kind of capacity to create those boundaries. In fact, I, so I asked a bunch of eights, what's the most eight thing you've ever done or said? And this one eight says, I told my boss in a public meeting that we were working ridiculous hours, that I was no longer working outside business hours, and that I'd love a one-to-one with a chief officer to explain what one of my coworkers was enduring to get a project done. I received several thank yous. I'm a teeny blonde female, the youngest on a team of all men. So like this, like... I love how they painted the picture as, as as well of like, I'm this, but like I did this great big thing that everybody really was very grateful for. Right. But it was this, it's easy to, not maybe easy, but they don't have a problem creating those boundaries. Right. You'll notice the thing I heard there is, again, the defensiveness for folks who might be weak and mm-hmm. vulnerable is coming out and it's done in a very aggressive way. Mm-hmm. Um, a very uh, self-confident, exerting yourself kind of way that's going to, the boundaries are there. It's also the focus on justice and what is right is there. Mm-hmm. And, and, and back to that word aggressive, that like eights have no qualms about doing what it takes to get the things that they want. Like that's, that's what this aggressiveness is. What do you want? They're going to do it. They're, they're fine with doing what it takes. And, and they, don't, they don't see hurdles in the same way that a lot of the rest of us do because they, they'll, they'll just do the work. They'll, they'll stand up to whoever they have to. They'll speak their mind. They will, they will live their life in an aggressive way to get the things that they want. I actually have a really good quote that goes along with that idea. So this eight says, I hate feeling like the bossiest person in the room, but would rather be that than let everyone else passively float around accomplishing nothing or worse, dragging everyone else down. It's frustrating for others to argue with me because I'm all lo- I'm all logic and no emotion. I can't understand any decision or action taken due to emotion instead of logic, and my tone becomes very condescending if your logic isn't sound. I wish people knew that it's not that I want to control others. I actually don't like feeling like people think I'm controlling. It's just that I don't want to be put in a situation where I don't have control over my own self, so I'm unlikely to cave to the desires of the group. I feel like that first part especially, though, the, like... I don't want to be bossy, but I'd rather do that than let everybody else not do anything. That's perfect. Yeah. And have things not get done. Yep. It's characteristically will have a radar, just this inner sense of when there is a power vacuum, when nobody's moving the ball forward, that is just immediately on their radar and they're aware of it because if nobody's in charge of the room, of the organization, of whatever the endeavor is, they may be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. 
since somebody is not in charge, I might get hurt. That's not going to happen. I will fill that space if you're not going to fill it because we need to get this done. Right. Completely, and as we said earlier, completely fine handing power to others, but if nobody takes it, they're not going to be put in a spot where they're going to get hurt. One last thing on boundaries I would, I would love your all's thoughts on. It seems to me the boundaries are created, but very seldom do eights actually let people into their boundaries. They create the boundaries to make sure that everybody's in the right place, but there's only a select few that actually get to enter, as it were, the inner circle, the circle of trust, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> kind of image. Do you have thoughts on that? I think there's a, a fair amount of, you know, just the, logically speaking, if you're, if you're, protecting yourself then the more sort of doorways you have into your space the more opportunity there is for vulnerability exactly yeah Boom. i think the vulnerability piece is the most important piece there because the more you let other people in it's like i mean if you leave your door unlocked all of the time there's a higher chance that someone's going to come in and steal your stuff you know, if you leave your car door unlocked and you don't guard it, someone might take your car. And so if you like eights are very intuitive about this dynamic with people, if I let people in, if I'm not guarding that door, people are going to come in and hurt me. Mm-hmm. Boom. Well, we talked about the eights not being emotional, but sometimes when solving problems, eights can get emotional when when just directness doesn't work and something actually is on the table that needs some fixing uh eights can want others to reciprocate their their emotional posture towards the problem at hand yeah Hmm. my understanding of this and and the way that that i think i've i've talked with several eights about this uh to sort of because this is a confusing thing that eights who are naturally more inclined to to have logic and action be sort of leading them when they come to these solving problems issues there's they they want to address the emotional state between you and I they want to express their own feelings about it and they want you to express yours and it kind of doesn't fit, but um, I, I think there's at least part of that has to do with let's solve the hardest part of this first so that we can get past it. It's, it's the most efficient way to mm-hmm. solve problems, the interpersonal problems is to deal with the emotions first and then we move on to what we can actually do. So I think there's the efficiency piece for sure. I also think there's the big emotions, big, strong impulses, emotional reactions that can be really hard to censor and can be really hard to like hold those things back as well. And so I think that's probably another piece of the big reactions with solving problems. Yeah, Eight's also in... This problem-solving space, eights are very authentic. They're very genuine. They are truth-tellers. And that also comes out with this problem-solving stance where they they are giving out their true emotion mm-hmm. in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever that is, they're saying it and, well, they're, they're expressing it 
and not holding back because that is the truest form of the emotion. And so it's like this authenticity thing as well. That's what I was trying to push into is that it's want truth that comes out when we have a fight. And that's a way that their stability is often gained is if I can push for contact, elicit an emotion, both from myself and from the other, then we can actually get the traction and the things that need to get said are said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I also have a quote on the authenticity piece. This eight says, well, and they, they start off with the whole type eight buzzwords, mm-hmm. the, like the... Strength control power. Yeah, yeah. So they say... I'm self-assured, courageous, fair, objective, independent, honest, misunderstood. I'm the friend who tells you what you need to know, not what you want to hear. I'll do my best to protect your feelings, but you'll never get an insincere comment from me. Anything less than 100% truth feels like a lie to me. I correct people who exaggerate an experience I was a part of. I fact check people who misrepresent a situation for the sake of a better story. I'm always fair, even when describing a person I don't like. I still give them their credit where it's due. I, I love that quote, and, and I know that there's, a, there's probably a lot of people listening that's like, yeah, awesome. <laughs> that's, that's the world I live in. Uh, the one thing that I want to draw attention to is the fact that all of those standards are from the eight's perspective. Mm-hmm. I will yep. always say what's fair based on what I think is fair. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's the world that eights live in, and sometimes that's fine, and sometimes it's not actually fair. It's just what the eight thinks. Yeah, the stuff I hear there is again how we say things often is more important than what we actually say, and how this is communicated is very direct, mm-hmm. very to the point. Again. This person understands who they are, knows who they are. The person in front of them might not. And so they are asserting, this is who I am. And you better get used to it, understand it, so that we can actually communicate and move forward. There's also a slight edge to a lot of the language here Mm -hmm. that may be characterized as anger. And we haven't brought that word up yet, I don't know, I don't think. But uh, a lot of the emotional life of eights can be expressed as anger. Mm -hmm. Uh, even though it might be fear, it might be um, loss, it might be, Intensity, it might even be joy, passion, yeah, right? But it's expressed as a this outward burst of of uh, it feels like anger at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard a lot of I, I've heard some eights describe that that they feel all feelings as anger first. It's mm. mm. interesting with the passion and intensity and the anger piece. I actually have another quote that goes along with that. And again, this is such like, I'm noticing such a pattern here. So this eight says, I'm loud, correct, argumentative, fearless, irritable, supportive, sarcastic, opinionated, love debates, avoid weakness, avoid emotions, cold, distant, guarded. And then they go into explaining it. I'm very aware of my faults. I know they're not healthy and I strive to become more vulnerable. I hate feeling sadness or crying, that big word hate in all caps, hate, that anger. I hate feeling sadness or crying because it makes me feel weak and vulnerable to others. I have a fear of romantic relationships because of the vulnerability needed. I am intense over the things I'm passionate about. I would die for my family, no exaggeration. 
I feel as if I'm always correct and it's rare that I'm wrong. I'm over the top competitive. I act as if nothing bothers me and I'm stone, but I know that if anyone were to mess with my family, I would go crazy and destroy them. We go about love and respect in a way that other types don't understand. For eights, we know passion and intensity, which is how we go about nearly everything. Yeah, and there's a lot of protective energy in that Very, yes. Two things. As a professional speaker writer, I'm... I don't envy many folks. I always envy eights who are writers or speakers because of their ability to get to the point, be direct, do it with emotion, do it with a lot of um, energy. And just as I'm listening to this, I'm like, man, if I was describing (laughs) my inner life, it would be this rambling all over the place. Let me eventually Mm -hmm. land kind of thing. And no, here it is. This is the point. Here's where we're going. Just love it. There is something, and this moves us to the the next topic I want to talk about. It's how eights connect to the world. Eights, alongside twos and fives, expect the world to reject them. And we've talked about avoiding vulnerability, but this is commonly how eights will confront that. Because eights expect to be rejected in relationships, there's a way that they end up engaging the world and others. You got any quotes on that front? I do. Um, So this eight, they answer the question, what is it? What's it like to be an eight? And they say, I guess dot, dot, dot jaded. (laughs) My struggle is always assuming no one truly cares, especially for me, that I cannot trust anyone with myself. I also really struggle with cutting people out, not simply in a harsh way, but just in that I no longer open up to them at all about anything ever. It's hard for me to overcome that because it enforces what I already believe. They never realize they've been cut out because they don't actually care and never have. But it's actually that worldview that makes me shine. I'm able to handle any situation that's thrown at me. It's extremely rare that someone hurts me. I can handle the most difficult people without batting an eye. So I turned turned it into a strength, which is awesome. But like the, I always assume that nobody truly cares. I'm assuming rejection. Yeah, most eights, like most people, eights have, you know, a soft inner core. <laughs> and and there's there's something inside of them that they are looking to to protect. That's that's what all of this is about, is is protecting that that inner vulnerability from being damaged, from being hurt, from being controlled or manipulated. And as that protection becomes more and more important as they're growing and, and learning how to navigate the world, they essentially expect that that thing is going to be damaged. So they work harder to protect it and, and keep it from being like that. That's what all of this vulnerability, that's what the, the projection of strength is about, is about protecting that, that inner core. And mm-hmm. when you expect that, that thing is going to be hurt by other people. You work harder to make sure they can't get to it. I actually have a really good quote about the soft core. This eight says, I'm not strong and tough like everyone thinks I am. I am soft and I am sensitive to those closest to me. I don't like fighting. I'm not angry. I'm passionate. You'd know if I was angry, I'd be weeping, but I don't let anyone see that. If you mess with someone I love, the claws come out but I will defend someone's honor. I will defend someone's honor no matter what. So that really soft core. 
one of the things that is most helpful for me in my relationships with AIDS is to understand that oftentimes the aggression, the crass joking, the pushing my buttons is actually not about me. It's often about them seeking to feel as though they are not going to be betrayed by the people around them. Mm -hmm. And so if they can push buttons, especially if they can make jokes that are crass and not get hurt by the person in front of them, like it's almost like testing. It's again, testing boundaries. If the person in front of them shows that they are reliable, even when they see the worst side of the eight, then the guard can come down and there can be a little bit more intimacy. And this is oftentimes the strategy for eights, conscious or not, of pushing people's buttons in order to see, will this person turn and hurt me? Will this person let me down? Will this person fail in the moment of crisis? Do they have the strength to keep up? Real common posture. Are they going to betray me? Yeah, or they, yeah. And that's a big, and that's a big, big thing, mm-hmm. uh, which may not get said very often by eights, but it's it's down there deep. Is this person going to hurt me in the future if I let down my guard? I will say as well, if you are an eight listening to this, you might feel like this is too much information for other people that don't know you to know about you. <laughs> and that can be really, really scary. So I do want to reiterate what Jeff said previously, that this is a safe space, even though the Enneagram can expose things that are really terrifying to expose because you don't necessarily want to be vulnerable. It can be really, really helpful and good work, and it will help you get the things that you want in life. Moving on, one of the lists that we like has to do with being present And this one says about eights, eights will say to themselves, I will become present to my life only when I am totally independent and do not have to rely on anyone or anything. When I feel completely in control of everything and my will is never challenged, then I'll show up. Showcases kind of the inner life and thought process of what does it look like for me to actually arrive? Uh, do Do you all see or hear anything there? Like with all the types, uh, these are this is a, a, a sort of a mantra of moving goalposts. Like this is this is a thing that you will never truly arrive at. And like if if you really think about the type of person who could say all of these things about their life, they're living on an island in the middle of nowhere where they do, where they have are self-sustaining, they have their own food supply and they, they don't need internet or power or anything that they have to get from the outside world, which means they're also alone. Exactly. Yes. Which every single person, including eights need connection and people and love. Right. Therefore it is an impossible target. As Camry mentioned earlier, a lot of the Enneagram brings out kind of our worst side or what we might call our shadow. And we're going to go a little further into that, partially because the Enneagram shows us where we can really do inner work and partially because this is one of the best ways to type yourself is is to just have folks say, here's where you really struggle. And so for eights, the shadow, as we kind of talked about earlier, is about avoiding vulnerability. And that materializes 
in two ways in the hearts and minds of eights. One is as a posture of what we might call lust or in a desire for intense experiences. And the second is a meditation on vengeance, on how I can retaliate against anyone who has thwarted my will, pushed me around, injured me in the past. You'll have thoughts on, on the shadow of eights. I have a quote on the vulnerability piece before we move into the shadow a little bit. Um, this eight says, I will say that as the culture shifts and people like Brene Brown encourage vulnerability as a strength because eights want strengths, it's easy for an eight to find quote unquote vulnerable things to flaunt. I can tell you horror stories about church trauma, debt and past relationships all day and still be hiding the real pain points. Mm. It's a great quote. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a good thing to watch out for. I suppose being the father of an eight, one of the things we are routinely working on is not enacting, uh, is not retaliating against our sibling <laughs> for, for <laughs> slights large and small. There is the common way if, if uh, the eight has been, if their will has been thwarted, we will all know it and it comes out as a, well, I will push you back. Yeah. And that's just something worth naming, yeah. that this is this is the go-to. Oh, okay, well, I got hurt. Who is it that I need to retaliate yeah. against? And this is a... We're, we're sort of just naming something that we've been talking about the whole time. There, there's... We, we talked about intensity. We talked about the authenticity part. We talked about the sort of like power dynamics and and like anger is, is something that that eight sort of wear on the outside and and when these things become more dominant like that lust and and we're not talking about sexual lust sexual lust is a part of this but it's not the whole shebang it's it's when when that intensity when that desire for intensity it becomes more unhealthy and sort of infects your whole life that it, it becomes this this lustful like you you need to have fuller experiences than you necessarily actually need it, it it's that that desire being driven by the intensity and and becomes this this unhealthy expression of of consumption that that I don't, yeah, it, it just becomes unhealthy and, and spills out and, and like moving into when you couple that with betrayal or or any type of thing that, that thwarts your will. I, I like how you said that, Jeff, that, that, that thwarts their will. Anytime eights are prevented from doing the things that they want, particularly when they are in that unhealthy sort of lustful space, the the natural reaction is to seek vengeance, is to get revenge, is to take out that, is to, to turn around and hit harder than you got hit in the first place. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think the whole thing is kind of self-explanatory in a way where eights like every single thing they do or say is colored with this intensity. Like this one, eight says, I like my passion. I can't imagine living a life without any sort of intensity. I think that would be extremely boring. Right. 
So every single thing they do is going to be colored by this intense passion for life and for everything because it's boring without. But if that turns sour, then every single thing, like all of your biggest fears coming true, people betraying you, people crossing you, people taking advantage of you, mistreating other people around you, um, injustice is you're going to retaliate with even more intensity because right. everything is intense. And so that retaliation, which would be intense for any other type anyways, it's going to be even more intense for an eight. So that comes out as this big vengeance, this big need to retaliate right. in a very, very large way. Yeah. yeah. And the thing I hear there is the pushing for contact in order to feel your presence in the world and get your bearings. Mm. One of the things that eights alongside nines and ones are going to do is they're going to experience the world first and foremost in their bodies. And so if I hit the world hard, if I experience the world at its most intense, I understand where I'm at in the world, in my relationship to it, and I can always navigate away from the places that I feel weak. And that is a, a real common way of being in the world for eights and that's never going to change. That's just, that's who you are if you're an eight. Um, and it's a good thing to know about yourself and it's a good thing to know about. And this is one of the things about eights is they commonly will learn earlier than most how their behavior affects the people in their lives <laughs> because, because of their intensity and because they're quite unique on this front, they will begin to have to pull that energy back um, because it can be overwhelming sometimes in their relationships. Well, and I would say maybe not even pull the energy back, but make sure that it is colored with the right intentions. Truth. Because it turns sour when you're going out of a place of fear, but when you are living out of a place of motivation and purpose, then it is less likely to turn sour and to be a negative thing, per se. Yeah. Um, so... A quick note on that, like the people who give the most passionate apologies, self-condemning apologies tend to be eights who have seen that their their energy went out in a way that they didn't intend it to have damage. And now they are really intense about saying, you know, I really messed this up and that was entirely on me. And, <laughs> you know, and, and being very vocal about these things. That's more what I meant there. And authentic. Well, and the, yes. Authentic. Yeah. Yeah. I think the intensity can also be a really good thing if we want to go into strengths. You guys Let's do. There. Yeah, okay. talk about what are some of this. Uh, this does help us to transition into some of the most wonderful elements of the eights in our lives. Um, what do you see as the strengths coming up? I have an example, actually. Come on. Um, this person, this eight says, I work in retail and I am the one everyone calls on when there's a difficult customer. I've had boots thrown at me, people trying to climb over the counter to hit me, yelling and screaming, and everyone has left happy. I also do not stand for abuse of my staff. I have kicked numerous people out for treating my staff wrong. I can take being screamed at, but will not tolerate it happening to my team. I mean, in that case, like your intensity is really good and you can be a real a really good advocate for the people around you yeah. in whatever they're needing and might have a hard time doing it themselves. 
yeah, the uh, eights have a natural radar for justice, like that that, yes. p- that idea of power dynamics and and the intensity through which they see and, and experience the world, and the intensity that they bring to the world means that they're excellent justice advocates, and and they'll stand up for people who are being abused, and and they will not tolerate abusers. Mm-hmm. And it's I actually have a couple of quotes awesome. on that. <laughs> so. I asked some eights what their favorite thing about themselves were. One eight says, my favorite thing about myself is that I stand up for people who are mistreated. I genuinely care about those around me. I am the friend you need, even if not the friend you want. I am uncompromising on my principles. I'm brave enough to believe in myself to make big things happen. Another eight responded to this question by saying, I also love being able to stand for someone else, and it's even better when they ask or let me. What makes me different is my ability to very quickly assess a situation and decide on and know the best course of action. So that brings out another good thing about eights is that they are very quick thinkers and can come up with really good solutions very quickly for issues and problems, especially when they're like physical because again, eights are body types. So if it's a physical issue, if there's something happening right in front of them, they are very, very good at just whipping up a really and really good effective solution. Yeah. And they can head it and charge, take charge and make it happen. Yeah, so much of the language that that these eights have brought to uh, your your questions is is about what they're doing, and and like that's Ooh. that that is eights in the world is is they're doing stuff they're getting they're getting the work done and it is so valuable to have eights around because they get the work done and while a lot of the rest of us are sitting in a meeting talking about (laughs) what needs to be done eights are already doing the work yeah and one of the negatives that can come across as eights is they don't care about other people's feelings sometimes. But one of the real positives about eights is they don't care about other people's feelings sometimes. (laughs) And the clarity (laughs) and authority that comes out, uh, the something has severely broken and everybody's freaking out and the eight can rise up with the ability to speak cleanly, directly and very quickly into such situations. That's, that's a talent and something that we need. Um, I just remembered an eight commented on one of my posts one time and said, yeah, I have no problem sleeping at night if people don't like (laughs) me. No problem. And I just I responded because I was like, I just like that is so commendable. Like, I wish that that I could like flip this switch or something in me where I didn't care and could sleep at night if somebody's mad at me or what. Like, I can't sleep at all if someone's mad at me. I'm ruminating forever. So it really is a huge strength to be able to not care sometimes, honestly. Yeah. Well, and even even another uh, part of that is that they also are not interested in waiting to solve the problems. It's like they can't sleep at night when there is something that needs to be solved. Ooh, when yeah. When there is a fight that needs to be had, they want to have it right now. Because why, why on earth would we wait? Would we <laughs> save this for another day? Let's do it right now and get it over with. And, and get it done. Yeah. I love that. Another strength that I 
personally want to say is I love how authentic eights are. Like they don't cover up or apologize for who they are. And they're just very like passionate and honest and bold. And they say like what everybody's thinking, but doesn't want to say. I love that. Like I really, I'm really drawn towards authentic people. So the eights in my life that I just know whatever comes out of their mouth is the truth. And I I can just trust that. And it's not like, we're not going to have an issue with that. I don't have to worry if what they're saying is actually what they mean. I I love that. Mm. Yeah. One last, two last things actually for me is one eights for as strong as they are. I I feel like also have a real radar for innocence and the beauty of innocence in the world and will elevate it in ways that just, isn't very common mm-hmm. being able to really appreciate and yeah and, and and put on a stage the the beauties of innocence in our in our world uh, the second for me and I've seen I've had this experience twice once was uh, on a television show was watching a television show and one was in person but it was the experience that perhaps you've had of somebody being in a room filled with people and something awful happens to them and they begin crying, and they're the center of attention, and nobody knows what to do. And the eight in the back stands up and walks right forward and just throws all of themselves around that tearful person. Mm-hmm. And that, I've, I've seen this twice, and it was on the fantastic Ted Lasso recently, but it's entirely in character for, for that type of noticing where real weakness and vulnerability is and almost smothering it with their power and strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a, uh, it's a superpower. Yep. Mm. I love that. Well, that's what I got. Well, to sum this all up, we might put a shorthand on this. Uh, you might be an eight. If you got anything that comes to mind, y'all, uh, for those who still might be on the fence, you might be an eight. If what? You might be an eight if you do will do anything that someone says that you can't do. You might be an eight if you say no and you don't have a problem with it. Uh, if you say frankly a lot, you're really blunt. Isn't frankly? It's a very eight, very eight phrase. It, you might be an eight if you say just let me do it, or if they just let me fix it, things would be so much easier. You might be an eight if you've ever told off your boss in a room full of people. <laughs> you might be an eight if you've gotten out of your car at a red light to yell at the driver in front of you. <laughs> this is a story an eight told me. I'm not just making it up. <laughs> you might be an eight if your anger actually affects the barometric pressure of the room. Ooh. That's good. That's good. I know this from personal experience <laughs> in my house. It happens frequently. You might be an eight if you have no problem with conflict and you don't understand why other people do. Mm. You might be an eight if you feel like you're a natural leader and you are continually put in leadership roles and you do really well with it and you don't mind being a leader. You might be an eight if you're really blunt. You might be an eight if you will always advocate for anyone, even if it means being, let's see, I'm trying to think of a different word, but I can't, I'm just going to use the word they use. I will always advocate for anyone, even if it means I'm the asshole in the room. And that 
is not a problem for them. I suppose most basic, it, you might be an eight if primary to your personality is you want to be strong and mm-hmm. you don't want to be controlled by anybody. Mm-hmm. Yes. You might be an eight if you've been told that you're too much or too intense. Mm-hmm. You might be an eight if you hate leaving things up to chance or whims of others. Ooh, that's a good one. You want to hear a funny? Let's do a funny. The most eight thing I've ever done. We, that's a good place. <laughs> so to this <laughs> this eight says the most eight thing I've ever done was when my husband told me I shouldn't guzzle my coffee because of my heart condition. I looked him dead in the eye and drank the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me what to do. Yeah. yeah. That's excellent. Well, if these hit you and uh, you want to hear more about eights, obviously we have a catalog of now 100 episodes that are worth diving into. Uh, We've done deep dives into eights with our basics series. You can just look up basics eights or uh, we've looked at some pop movie characters. Uh, We looked at the fantastic Eric Killmonger and dived into the villainous side of eights. But all of our podcasts generally focus on all the types and we'll bring up eights. So pick a topic that interests you. Jump in. We'll probably talk about you, your heart, your inner life, and how you see the world and navigate all the things. So that's what I got. You guys got anything else? I was just thinking we should have made this episode explicit because eights don't (laughs) mind swearing. and They they like curse uh, podcasts. At least the eights that I know. (laughs) Intensity of experience. Yeah. Bring it. I wish we had thought of that beforehand. Hurry, say a bunch. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Cambry, it it is always a pleasure having you on. Thank you. The pleasure is mine. TJ, you got anything else? I got nothing, man. He's TJ Wilson. He's officially awesome. And I'm Jeff Cook. And who you aren't isn't interesting. Be who you are. And let's set the world on fire.